Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally as well as how to incorporate fine motor skills and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're finishing up YourTherapySource.com school therapy tips. A couple of episodes of that left, then we're going to do some other episodes talking about different types of therapies that could be incorporated incorporated with OT. Then we're going to finish up also some handwriting and we'll finish up the season. And then God willing, we'll take our summer hiatus and come back with the beginning of the school year in early September with much new content and other things coming up, God willing. Join us as we talk today with YourTherapySource.com, helping us talking about tips to help children develop self-control. Here are some 10 tips to help children develop self-control. Number one, do activities that require you and the child to follow step-by-step directions, such as playing a board game or following a recipe. And it's important to know especially for children, don't give them too many directions at once. Roll the die, move the piece, take the card, take the money, too many steps at once. Do one step at a time. Make sure they process it, they're cognizant of it, they understand what's going on, and then move on forward. Sometimes a kid needs a few seconds, even a little longer, to process what's going on, to understand what's going on, and that's okay. So take it slowly, take it little by little, especially when working with children with special needs, we need them to understand and process what's going on to give them a second to to follow along. So make sure you do it step by step and go slowly. You could always use visual cues, the pictures, and you could use verbal cues talking it out also. Number two, let children wait. Just like we said, you if you are busy doing something and a child requests your attention, it is beneficial for the child to learn to wait patiently for you to finish. I was referring to waiting in order to understand directions, but in general, children need to learn to wait. They have to understand that not everything is instant gratification. Not everything happens right away. There needs to be delayed gratification. There's a very famous psychological study, the marshmallow study, that a kid was told to wait, that if they waited, they could get more marshmallows than if they had a marshmallow now. They said, if you want, you could have a marshmallow now, or if you wait a, an X amount of minutes, we'll give you two marshmallows. And it was very hard, and they left the marshmallow there. It was very hard for kids to sit and wait and to get the extra marshmallows. It's hard for kids in general, but we need to train kids. We need to have the kids learn and understand that waiting is important. Waiting is part of life. Waiting happens in almost every aspect of life. I feel like I'm always waiting for something. I'm waiting for a train. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for something else. If we added up all the days and the months of our years of our life that we spend waiting for something, we would be very surprised to realize how much of our life involves waiting. You're waiting on 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 the aisle to check out Waiting is is an important function. If kids don't learn to wait now, how are they ever going to learn how to wait later on in line when they're getting on a plane, getting on a train, getting to work, getting to check out? They'll never be able to wait. Are they going to tantrum every five seconds? No. We have to teach them when they're very young that they need to know that they have to wait, especially if their attention has to be diverted to more than one person. They'll learn to wait for that attention. Also, provide verbal or visual cues, number three, for how long a child may have to wait. Explain to the child that when you are done writing this note, you can play the game. Set a timer. Tell the child that when the timer goes off, he or she can play with a certain toy. There's also a great timer, the time timer, that shows a visual 
of red, how much red is left until the time is up. So if it goes to 15 minutes, you'll see that from zero to 15, it's red. And then when it goes down, 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 the red goes all the way down. And then it makes a noise like, like a real timer to let them know when it's time to go. So that's number three. And then you could also do number four, partner up together to solve a problem. If the child is having trouble completing a difficult task, offer to assist, but do not take over. Encourage the child to remain in control, even though frustrated. Teach the child self-control skills when frustrations are on the rise. There's a famous, um, there's a famous idea in terms of children with autism, where it's the curve, there is like a, a curve of no return, it's called. So there's a curve starting where, where you see the tantrum starting. You see the behavior where they're getting antsy. They start picking at something and they start flicking themselves. They start flicking something and it goes up, 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 up. And then there's a point of no return when the tantrums start. And whenever something starts, you're at the point where you're just playing catch up. You can't stop it anymore. You have to let it ride it out. You have to let the curve come out. And then you have the cool down time. So it's like a bell curve. So that's with a lot of kids also not just kids with autism, but little, little two-year-olds, even sometimes three, four-year-olds that have tantrums, you can notice when they start getting agitated, when they start getting upset, try, try, when they start getting upset, try to nip it in the bud before it goes any farther because at a certain point, you get to the point of no return where you can't stop and you're just playing catch and you're just trying to calm them down after the problem and that usually is counterproductive. So try to get it before the time. See that they need to learn self-control even though they're frustrated and try to help them before it's too late and they're already on the floor on the toy store screaming and shouting and the entire room is looking at you and you feel mortified that you exist and you want to be swallowed up by the floor. So get there beforehand when you see her starting to twitch, starting to get agitated, you see him starting to get a little fidgety, get out of that store before he starts lying or she starts lying on the floor. Work on something that takes a long time to finish. Try completing a large puzzle together over a week's time, baking bread from scratch, waiting for it to rise, growing a plant, or making rock candy. A lot of times making challah, which is the, the bread that Jewish people use for the Sabbath, when you make that, that has a lot of steps, could take a lot of time to make. But when kids are involved, kids like the project, they like to be involved, they like to see it, they could see their finished product and they could be involved in it. Even though it takes a long time to finish, they see what's going on. They see it take steps. They see it'll be a little while, and you could explain it, and they could like it, and they can learn the self-control to wait to finish the project. Also, six, model self-control. Adults get frustrated all the time and can lose self-control, too, all the time, unfortunately. Show the child that even though you are losing your patience or are annoyed, you can remain calm and in control. Unless there are some adults that act like two-year-old children we're talking about where you get frustrated you get upset you don't see them tantruming kicking chairs down throwing toys throwing papers can you imagine at a meeting if somebody was annoyed and frustrated they kick down the the board showing the project they kick down the smart board they throw the desk they throw the chair you don't see that that doesn't happen because adults know how to keep the stress inside how to remain calm and in control hopefully through sublimation through pro through functional methods they learn how to sublimate the anger and the stress and not take it out on the dog and kick the dog across the room god forbid but hopefully they go to the gym and they punch it out but they keep the stress in control they keep the anger and the frustration in control and at another point in a functional method hopefully we get the stress out and we have many episodes about dealing with stress and frustration and anger and see those if you want some ideas how to let that stress out at the end of the day using your self-control in a sublimating 
functional way. Seven, provide suggestions to the child if they're not displaying good self-control. For example, suggest that he or she plays with a different toy while waiting for a toy a friend is playing with. Exercise can be an excellent outlet to reduce frustration and anger. Number eight, don't set expectations too high. Remember the age of the child. For example, a young child may easily lose self-control waiting in a long line next to a large selection of candy. Older children may have less self-control following a bad day at school. Children who are expected to sit for hours without burning off any energy will be at risk for losing self-control. We said every 20 to 30 minutes, we have to let the children get up for 5 to 10 minutes. Kids cannot sit for hours on end. We can't sit as adults for hours on end. We can't expect kids to do that. We have to let them burn off that energy, have healthy outlets moving and, and having those good programs around the classroom, around the school, and in general. Overwhelming, crowded, or loud places may also put children at risk for melting down. Number nine, providing downtime. Children are expected to go all the time to school, to after-school activities, and sometimes evening activities. Children who are overscheduled will most likely melt down easier. Allow plenty of time for children to explore their own environments and home and with friends. Unstructured time, unstructured play. It allows them to decide what to play. It allows them to have imaginative play. It allows them to seek their type of play. And kids' main occupation, we always say, is play. If kids' whole day is structured and they don't have enough play, they're missing out. They need that play. It's very important for them. This creates realistic life situations where self-control is required and they will learn through practice how to take care of themselves, how to use their time, and how to figure out what to do with their time. A lot of times I'll let my kids play around and I won't structure the, t- the activities or the tasks for them. I let them figure out what they want to do. And they come up with such cute things and such awesome things to play with and such stories and plays and stuff they put on. And number 10, know when to back off. Children need to develop self-control skills for themselves. Once you observe that a child is gaining control, let him or her proceed without your help. Some tips to develop self-control. Join us next time as we talk about trips for transitions here on OT talk with mr t and i'm your host mr t